Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Evansville Baptist Church. I know we're starting just a little bit late this morning, but it's so good to have you all here with us in our service this morning. It's a beautiful, uh, beautiful Sunday morning. Man, I woke up this morning, and uh, Natasha woke up just after I woke up, so I ended up staying back at the house. That's why I'm kind of running around this morning. Normally, I get stuff set up early in the morning. But uh, I stayed up and uh, stayed at the house and got her up and uh, spent some time with her this morning. And uh, But I walked out this morning and it was just a beautiful day, not too hot, not too cold, just a beautiful, beautiful morning. And uh, I hope uh, you got a chance to maybe go outside this morning just for a few minutes and just uh, see how beautiful it was. But let's get our uh, hymn books out this morning. We'll start our service with um, hymn number 103, hymn number 103. Blessed be the name. Let's stand together and we'll sing the first, the second, and the last of hymn number 103. Blessed be the name. We'll sing it on the first. All praise to him who reigns above in majesty supreme, who gave his son for man to die that he might man redeem. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. On that second verse, His name above all names shall stand, exalted more and more. At God the Father's own right hand, with angel hosts adore. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. On that last verse, sing it out. His name shall be the Counselor, the mighty Prince of Peace, of all earth's kingdoms conqueror, whose reign shall never cease. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Before we get uh, to our prayer, opening prayer for the service, uh, I would like to go over a few quick uh, prayer requests uh, that I'd like to make mention of and remind everybody of uh, to continue to be praying for. Uh, I'd ask you please to be in prayer for uh, Brother Ray and Miss Edie just having a really difficult time. Uh, Brother Ray's strength is, is very down and it, it's very difficult for him to get around. If you could be praying for him, please also pray for the family uh, as it's just a very difficult time I know with all this and uh, with Miss Edie, uh, she just was not doing very well this morning either. Uh, but please be in prayer for them. It's hard for them to get around. It's hard for them to get the food that they need. Uh, I know we're working on getting uh, meal a meal schedule set up for them. Uh, but if you could please be praying for them that uh, and also give the doctors wisdom as they're working on different medications and things like that. If you could be praying for them, uh, please. Uh, and I know uh, we've been praying as well for Zerona, uh, which is um, Brother Newman's 
uh, sorry, Brother Newman's sister, uh, and it turns out that she does have cancer. Uh, but please pray for her because they were able to catch it early. They were able to catch it very early, so please be praying for them uh, and a few others here. Uh, if you could be also in prayer, this is a new one that we just added. If you could be, please be in prayer for Cheryl Ray. This is a former co-worker of Miss Margin. She's got lung cancer, and uh, they don't believe that she's um, saved. Uh, Miss Margin does not believe that she's accepted the Lord. If you could pray for her salvation. Um, with the lung cancer that she has, I don't think it's really something that they might be able to cure or not. I'm not sure. But uh, if you could be praying for her, but also be praying for her salvation, uh, that she'd come to know the Lord during this time, uh, very difficult time. But if you could be praying for these, uh, just these few announcements, I just wanted to make mention of them uh, today, that we'd keep them uh, in, our, in our minds, in our uh, prayers, if you would, please. Uh, but we're going to open our service in a word of prayer, and I'm going to ask, let's see, Brother, um, uh, Brother Jesse, would you please open our service in a word of prayer this morning?
Amen. Well, I do have a few announcements for you. I seem to have lost my bulletin, but I got a calendar in front of me, so I'll go off of that uh, this morning. I do have a few announcements for you, but before I get to those, I'd like to give everybody a quick report uh, about what kind of went on over this past weekend. Uh, we had our very first monthly Super Saturday Soul Winning yesterday, and uh, about 12 of us gathered here together at the church, and uh, we met together for a few minutes. I appreciate that, Brother Billy. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And we gathered here at the church and met for a few minutes, had coffee and donuts and a bit of a fellowship together. And then right around 1030, uh, gr uh, four groups of us went out uh, over into these neighborhoods out here and knocked on doors and gave out gospel tracts and got to speak to people. I think we at least had 10 doors open that opened their door and, and spoke to us and talked to us and just a wonderful wonderful time got a few prospects there as well and uh, the lord just blessed uh, i'll say this that it, we everybody that was there i believe uh, could testify that they got a blessing from being there uh, and just a wonderful time we had a few that stayed back here uh, miss ida and miss marge stayed back here and watched natasha for us uh, so that mrs harris was able to go out with us and um and they prayed for us while while we were out there knocking on doors and the lord just allowed us to do some wonderful things and uh, this is something that we're going to do every month i believe the lord truly has blessed um what we, what our efforts were yesterday and he's going to continue to bless i truly truly believe that and uh, i'm just so thankful for all that we were able to do so uh, i would like to remind everybody the next super saturday soul winning is going to be august the 26th august the 26th will be the next time we do that and i'd like to of course remind everybody about that and uh, that'll be a wonderful time again together as we go out and spread the gospel and uh, those who are not able to go out uh, I, I encourage you to come here and just pray for us while uh, we are out and it's a, it's an encouragement to those who go out and it's an encouragement to that the person uh, who stays uh, and, and prays uh, while those who are out are out uh, I would like to remind everybody of a few announcements here this morning. Uh, we have a trustee meeting coming up this coming Wednesday, August the 2nd. This will be our monthly trustee meeting. This will take place directly after our Bible study at 6 o'clock. I would encourage, if you're a trustee, I'd encourage you to please be there. Uh, we have some important things to talk about, I'm sure, and uh, some things to uh, get ready for uh, with our monthly business meeting coming up the week after that. Uh, and then this coming Thursday, August 3rd, we will have um, our ladies' meeting. Uh, the ladies are going to be, uh, I believe, this is the second week in the book of Psalms, correct? So they'll be continuing with that. And uh, this is going to be 12, that's going to be at 12 o'clock right here at the church uh, this coming Thursday. I would encourage you ladies, please, please join us uh, and, and enjoy that time together as ladies. It's a wonderful time. I know the studies are going to be wonderful there uh, as well. Uh, and then, of course, I already made mention of Super Saturday Soul Winning. I'll, I'll remind you of the times for that. So this, uh, this um, August the 26th, uh, we'll meet here at 10 o'clock. We'll have coffee and donuts ready. Uh, we'll have a bit of a fellowship together. Uh, and then around 1030, we'll head out. And uh, that'll be a wonderful time as we go out and spread the gospel together. I'd like to make mention as well for all the men uh, that next Saturday, August the 12th, will be our monthly men's uh, Ironman Fellowship. Uh, we'll be meeting here at the church at 830. Uh, that's not this Saturday, of course, but that's the Saturday after. 
And um, that'd be, let me see if I can get the date there. I think that's August or August the 12th. Yes, August the 12th. So I'd encourage you to add that to your calendar. That's going to be uh, not this Saturday, but the next Saturday. And uh, I don't know, I, I put it in the bulletin, but I don't think we've had anybody nailed down yet to, to cook for that. Uh, so if anybody be willing to do that, uh, then uh, I know uh, we have our house now, so I can cook the food at home and not have the whole uh, kerfuffle that we had last time. So uh, if nobody else volunteers, then I will cook, and uh, we'll have a good time there. But I would encourage all you men, please join us for that. Uh, it's a wonderful time as we get together as men. We open up together, and uh, we open up the Word together. And uh, we pray together. It's just a wonderful, wonderful time. And I want to highly encourage you, uh, please, please be there for that. I believe that's all the announcements that I have for this morning. I don't think I'm forgetting to make mention of anything. Okay, if not, then we're going to continue on. Let's get our hymn books back out together this morning. We'll turn to hymn number 170. Hymn number 170, One Day. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, let's sing it together. We'll sing the first, the second, and the last of hymn number 170. One day, let's sing it together on the first. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day. On that second verse, one day they led him up Calvary's mountain. One day they nailed him to die on the tree. Suffering anguish, despised and rejected, Bearing our sins, my Redeemer is He. Living He loved me, dying He saved me. Buried He carried my sins far away. Rising He justified freely forever. One day He's coming. Oh, glorious day! On that last verse, sing it out. One day the trumpet will sound for his coming. One day the skies with his glory will shine. Wonderful day, my beloved ones bring him. Glorious Savior, this Jesus is mine. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day. 
Amen. What a wonderful day that will be. One day, my Jesus will come back and he'll take me back to live with him in glory uh, one day. Amen. Well, let's get our bulletins out together. Brother Billy, I just found my bulletin. I don't know where it was, but I found it. I don't know what happened. I appreciate you bringing me this one. Man, I'm losing it here. Let's sing our song of the month together. We've only got, today is our last day to sing this. I hope everybody's been practicing their falsetto. Amen. Did you hit that last note? Let's sing it together. We'll sing it through once. We'll sing it through again tonight. But let's sing it through this morning. What though wars may come with marching feet and beat of the drum, for I have Christ in my heart. What though nations rage as we approach the end of the age, for I have Christ in my heart. God is still on the throne, almighty God is he. And he cares for his own throughout eternity. So let come what may, whatever it is, I only say that I have Christ in my heart. I have Christ in my heart. Amen. I don't think, I think some of us went down on that one, but that's okay. It sounded good. Amen. Uh, that was wonderful. Well, let's get our Bibles out. Let's stand together. We're going to have our, our scripture read. Actually, hold on. Not yet. Not yet. I'm sorry. I missed the most important thing in a Baptist service. I missed the offering. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did. I know you guys were just so, so sad that I missed the offering this morning. I didn't forget it, though. Uh, Brother, if you and Brother Allen would please come forward to take the offering this morning. Uh, Brother Allen, I'm going to ask you to please ask the blessing on the offering this morning. But this is a time that we get to show our faithfulness to God through our offering, and we get to show Him uh, how grateful we are for all that He's given to us. I'm so grateful for everything that God's given to me. He's given me everything that I have today. The house that we live in, uh, the cars that we drive, uh, even the clothes on my back, I give it to the Lord. And uh, this is our time to thank Him and give Him thanks for all that He's given to us. So, uh, Brother Allen, would you please ask the blessing on the offering? Amen. As they're taking the offering, welcome each other to the service. Say hi to each other. Welcome each other to the service. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. You know, one of these days I'm going to have you stand up and shake hands with people. Everybody's going to have a heart attack. Hello. Welcome. Well, let's get our Bibles out together. We're going to stand as we have our Bible reading. We're going to be in the book of Genesis, chapter number 3. That's the first book of the Bible, Genesis, chapter 3. Let's stand together for the reading of God's Word. Genesis, chapter 3. 
We'll begin in verse number one there. We'll read down through verse number six, and we're going to read responsively uh, together. I'll start on verse number one, and uh, you guys will read verse number two, and so on and so forth, all the way down through verse number six. Let's all stand together for the reading of God's Word. Thank you. Genesis chapter three, starting in verse number one. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And altogether on verse number 6, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Amen. You may be seated. Let's get our hymn books back out one last time. We'll turn to hymn number 172. Just a few pages over from our last hymn, 172. 172, tell me the story of Jesus. We'll sing all three verses of hymn number 172. Tell me the story of Jesus. What a wonderful story that is. On the first, tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Tell how the angels in chorus sang as they welcomed his birth. Glory to God in the highest, peace and <coughs> earth. Tell me the story of Jesus, write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, Sweetest that ever was heard on that second verse. Fasting alone in the desert, tell of the days that are past. How for our sins he was tempted, yet was triumphant at last. Tell of the years of his labor, tell of the sorrow he bore. He was despised and afflicted, homeless, rejected, and poor. Tell me the story of Jesus, Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, 
sweetest that ever was heard on that last verse. Tell of the cross where they nailed him, writhing in anguish and pain. Tell of the grave where they laid him, tell how he liveth again. Love in that story so tender, clearer than ever I seen. Stay, let me weep while you whisper. Love paid the ransom for me. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Amen. What a wonderful story that is. I don't know if there's something in the air going on, but I think we're all coughing. I got a tickle in my throat, and I don't know what's going on here, but... Um, let's have it this time. We've got special music coming. And everybody that's got special music, oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we got special music. The Evansville Chorus is going to come and sing for us today. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, am I singing now? Oh, well, I just, 202. Good to know. Oh, all four verses. Okay. I think there's okay. five over there. Two, zero, two. Two, zero, two. It's okay. We didn't choreograph this at all. <laughs> we didn't need to. God's going
do love having having that group sing. I enjoy it so much. I really enjoy it, and uh, I really enjoy that song as well, Amazing Grace. What amazing, amazing grace that, uh, that our Savior has bestowed upon us. Well, let's get our Bibles out. We're going to be turning to the book of Numbers. I know we did our Bible reading in, in Genesis, but we're going to be getting there in just a little bit. Uh, but we're going to be in the book of Numbers, chapter number 22. Numbers chapter 22. I will preface this message today by saying that the introduction is going to be very lengthy and the message will be very short. There will be, be a lot of scripture and uh, I believe it's something that we're going to gain, uh, hopefully, uh, something from this morning. Uh, but as I said, there will be a very lengthy introduction and a very short message. Uh, but let's start in Numbers chapter 22. And uh, we'll get the, through the bulk of our scripture reading at the very beginning, at the very start of our message. But I'd like to speak for you for a few moments this morning on the subject of what is your price? What is your price? In Numbers chapter 22, as we'll be starting today, uh, verse number 1, I'll read uh, it for you here. It says here, And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab on this side, Jordan, by Jericho. And Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was sore afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up all that are round about us, as the ox licketh up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. He sent messengers, therefore, unto Balaam, the son of Beor, to Pathor, which is by the river of the land of the people, or land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against me. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people, for they are too mighty for me. Peradventure I shall prevail, that we may smite them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I wot that they whom thou blessest is blessed, <clears throat> and he whom thou cursest is cursed. And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand. And they came unto Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balak. And he said unto them, Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again, as the Lord shall speak unto me. And the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. And God came unto Balaam and said, What men are these with thee? And Balaam said unto God, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent unto me, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt, <coughs> which covereth the face of the earth. Come now, curse me them, peradventure I shall be able to overcome them, and drive them out. And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them, thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. And Balaam rose up in the morning, and said unto the princes of Balak, Get you into your land, for the Lord refuseth to give me leave to go with you. And the princes of Moab rose up, and they went unto Balak, and said, Balaam refuseth to come with us. And Balak sent yet again princes, more and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus saith Balak, the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me. 
for I will promote thee unto very great honor, and I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Come therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Now let's go over to Numbers chapter 24. Numbers chapter 24, just a few pages over. In verse number 1 is where I'll begin there. Numbers 24, verse number 1. <clears throat> and when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he went not, as at other times, to seek for enchantments, but he set his face toward the wilderness. And Balaam lifted up his eyes, and he saw Israel abiding in his tents according to their tribes, and the Spirit of God came upon him. And he took up his parable and said, Balaam, the son of Beor, hath said, <coughs> and the man whose eyes are open hath said, he hath said, which heard the mighty words of God, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance, but having his eyes open, how goodly are thy tents, O Jacob, and thy tabernacles, O Israel. As the valleys are they spread forth, as gardens by the riverside, as the trees of Lynn, aloes, which the Lord hath planted, and as cedar trees beside the waters. He shall pour the waters out of his buckets, and his seed shall be in many waters, and his king shall be higher than Agag, and his kingdom shall be exalted. God brought him forth out of Egypt. He hath set as it were, or he hath as it were, the strength of an unicorn. He shall eat up the nations his enemies, and shall break their bones, and pierce them through with his arrows. He couched, he lay down as a lion, and as a great lion, who shall stir him up? Blessed is he that blesseth thee, and cursed is he that curseth thee. And Balak's anger was kindled against Balaam, and he smote his hands together. And Balak said unto Balaam, I called thee to curse mine enemies. And behold, thou hast altogether blessed them these three times. Therefore now flee thou to thy place. I thought to promote thee unto great honor, but lo, the Lord hath kept thee back from honor. And Balaam said unto Balak, Spake I not also to thy messengers? which thou sentest unto me, saying, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the commandment of the Lord to do either good or bad of mine own mind, but what the Lord saith, that will I speak. Let's pray and we'll get into our message this morning. Heavenly Father God, uh, Lord, much preliminary as we get into this message today. Lord, I pray that as we go through this preliminary, and as we go through this introduction uh, and get into the message, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would allow us to learn something from this. Lord, I pray that you just touch our hearts through the words of your, uh, your Bible, Lord. I pray that you would, uh, Lord, use me as I preach your word today. I pray that my words would not be heard, Lord, but that your words would reign preeminent over this service this morning. I pray that each and every one of us would have our ears open and our hearts ready to learn from your word. In your name I pray, amen. So to give you kind of an overview <coughs> of what's going on in this uh, passage of Scripture here, this is really four chapters of continually the king of, uh, um, of Moab coming to Balaam and saying to Balaam, I want you to curse Israel. I want you to curse God's chosen people. And Balaam continually is telling him, no, I will not, I, or not, no, I will not curse them, but I must do what God has asked for me to do. 
And Balak continually comes to him. And, uh, and we see here uh, in one verse it says uh, that he came with even more honor, with even more riches, with even, even more to give uh, to Balaam if Balaam would simply curse God's people. Uh, Balak knew that Balaam uh, had the gift where uh, if he were to bless somebody, they'd be blessed. And if he cursed somebody, they'd be cursed. Uh, Balak was very scared of the Israelite people. He was very scared of what they were going to do. Uh, they were very large people. God had blessed the people at this time. Uh, so what Balaam did, you know, he, asked, uh, he was asked by Balak's messengers to curse the children of, of Israel. But we see here that the Lord comes to Balak. Not Balak, sorry, Balaam. There's two very similar names, and I'm going to mess them up quite a few times today. But Balaam, the Lord comes to him in a vision and says to him not to, not to curse Israel, but instead to bless Israel. I don't know about you, but if I was Balak, I'd be very frustrated. I come to somebody and ask them, I need you to curse this person for me. Uh, they're causing me trouble. Uh, I'm having a difficult time with them. Could you please curse this people? And Balak continually asks them, I'm going to give you all this stuff. Please just curse these people. And instead of cursing them, uh, if I was Balak, I would say, okay, if you're not going to curse them, at least do nothing. But instead, Balaam blesses the people. So I'm sure Balak at this point is like, what in the world? Man, I'm wanting you to curse these people, but instead you're blessing them. But what Balaam says is so profound. I love what Balaam says to Balak. He says there uh, in his word, in verse, uh, if we look here in verse number 18 of, of chapter number 22, it says here, And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. He doesn't say to Balak, he doesn't say, you know, I will not curse them, or I will curse them, or I will bless them, or I will not bless them. He just says, I must do what my Lord tells me to do. What he says here after the messengers try to convince him is what really caught my attention. I love, I love that verse. I began to study it. I love what Balaam says to them. And I wish that more Christians would stand up and say that today. I wish that more Christians would stand up and say what Balaam said. I wish more Christians would stand up and say, I can't do that, and I can't do that. I will simply do what God has asked me to do. I cannot go more. I cannot do less. I cannot do this. I cannot do that. I will simply obey my Lord and Savior. What is Balaam saying here? That's what I want to look at this morning. What is Balaam saying here? What he's saying here is it does not matter. It does not matter the price tag of what you may offer me. It does not matter the wealth. It does not matter the honor. It does not matter the position. I cannot and I will not go against my God and what he has called for me to do. Balaam, what he said is so profound and is so, uh, um, what would I say here, is so disobeyed and gone against in our world today. There's so many today uh, that uh, they get offered riches, they're offered glory, 
They're offered honor. They're offered a position. They're offered some great wealth. They're offered some great knowledge. They're offered some great thing. And instead of saying no, it doesn't matter what you give me. It doesn't matter what you allow me to have. It doesn't matter the position. It doesn't matter the wealth. It doesn't matter the knowledge. I will simply do what God has asked me to do. If God wants me to have great wealth, I will have great wealth. If God wants me to have great knowledge, I will have great knowledge. But if God wants me to have no knowledge and be a simple person and not have great revelations, then that's who I will be. If God wants me to be a lowly poor man and live my life paycheck to paycheck and simply having enough to cover, then that is what I will live. That's what Balaam is saying here. He's saying, it does not matter what you offer me, O king. It does not matter what you put in front of my face. It doesn't matter the shiny objects that you jingle in front of me. I'm not going to go that direction because God wants me to go this way. I'm not going to go off after this thing because God wants me to go after this thing. It's obeying God no matter what the price tag is on what is offered you. The devil so often will offer you things, offer you possessions, offer you wealth, offer you a name so that you will go away from him. I think about uh, these uh, singers today that have been given a wonderful gift of God, a wonderful voice. I think of those who have passed. I think of Elvis Presley who had a wonderful voice, that it was a God-given talent that he was given. And what did he do with it? He squandered it because of the price tag of what was put in front of him. Because of uh, Graceland and uh, the Lisa Marie and, and, and all these uh, airplanes and the fame and the women and, and the, his name up in lights, quite literally, actually. Because of all that, look at what Elvis did with his life. He squandered it. His life was, was for nothing. I know the world will look at it and say, uh, well, uh, he was the king of rock and roll. He, he, did, he, he touched so many people's lives with his music. Yes, but for the kingdom of God, his life was worth nothing. Why? He was given a gift of God. Now, he may never have had his name up in lights. He may never have had wealth. He may have never had uh, the great name that he had. Maybe nobody would have known who Elvis Presley was. Maybe he just would have been a little old country singer in the back in a church somewhere in, in Texas or in North Carolina or in, uh, somewhere. Uh, but God, he would have followed God's plan for his life and God would have blessed him. But he didn't do that. I can't, I would, I would think of what would have happened to Balaam if he had simply given in and taken the great riches he may have lived a full life, enjoying those great riches, but he would have come to the end of his life and would have had nothing. He would have had nothing. The question that I want to ask this morning is, what is your price? What is your price? How, how high does the price tag have to be of the item that is put in front of you for you to veer off and follow a path that God does not have for you? What would it take to get you to give up what God has called for you to do 
and who God has called for you to be. What would it take for you to turn your back on God and His calling for your life? Let's think about that a little bit as we go and dig through uh, a few in the Bible who had a price tag. Now, there were many, but for sake of time today, I'm only going to bring up two. The first is Adam and Eve. The first is Adam and Eve. Uh, If we look at the passage that we looked at uh, this morning uh, during our Bible reading, Genesis chapter 3, uh, beginning in verse number 1. I'll read it for you here. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said... Now this, is, this doesn't go with the message, but this is what uh, a lot of uh, false teachers will say today. They'll say, well, doesn't the Bible say this? Or doesn't the Bible say that? And they'll take this little thing out of context. They'll take this little, little two words out of a verse... And they'll take and preach a sermon series on it and, and, and deceive a whole bunch of people. But anyhow, that's not, that's not this message. That's, that might be next week. We'll, we'll see about that. I'm verse number, where was I? Still in verse number one. Man, I didn't even get to verse number two on that. Verse number one, last half of it says, Yea, have God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, She took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. The calling on the first humans of the earth was to watch over the garden, and to what? Be fruitful and multiply, and to replenish the earth. The only rule they were given in the garden was do not eat of this tree. Do not eat... Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What did Adam and Eve do? They ate of the tree. Doesn't it sound about right for humans though? Now now we've got Natasha. And y'all look at Natasha and she's the prettiest girl. She never does anything wrong, right? You know, she's just perfect. She's a perfect girl. But I promise you when she gets home, she's a different person. She's not the same person as she was before. She's very much like Adam and Eve. She's wonderful. She's a great girl. But the th- one thing that we don't want her to touch is the one thing that without a doubt, as soon as we get home and put her down, she's going to run and try and grab that one thing. You know, we, we think about light socket. She's going to go in there and try and put her finger in it. The oven. Why do kids love the oven? You open the oven, the first thing they want to do is stick their hand on it. That's what kids are. That's how they do things. They're very much like Adam and Eve here. The one thing that God said, don't touch it. Just don't, 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 don't eat it. What what was the thing that they wanted to eat more than anything? That tree. That tree. It doesn't always happen like that when when somebody tells you, and it happens with adults too. We're, 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 uh, We're just as guilty as the little babies are. As soon as somebody says, now that... Don't go in there. Don't, don't touch that. 
don't, don't eat that. That's not yours. What's the first thing we want to do? We want to go in that room and find out what's in that room, right? It, it just piques our curiosity. We got to know, got to have the knowledge of what's in that room. We want to touch that thing. They say, don't touch it. It might hurt you. Well, now I want to touch it and feel what it, see what it feels like. Or don't eat that thing. That's mine. Well, now I've got to know what it tastes like. It, uh, am I the only one that's guilty of that? I don't, I don't know. But I, I know I'm guilty of that. It's the knowledge of something that we didn't know before that we want. It's the curiosity. That's why they say curiosity killed the cat, right? Be careful of your curiosity. It might get you into some dark places. They were given one rule. They were given one rule. And they broke that rule. What was the price tag in this situation? What was dangled in front of their eyes that they said, man, i got to have that. No matter what God has put me on this earth to do, i got to have that. i got to have that. What was it for Adam and Eve? It was knowledge. It was knowledge. They wanted that knowledge. They had to have that knowledge. They had to know what it was like to know what good and evil was. They couldn't leave it alone. The devil got in there and he spoke to Eve and he said, no, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. What God's Don't listen to what God's saying there. He said, yes, you surely die, but no, he doesn't mean you're going to die. Just eat the fruit. Know what, know what good and evil is. You'll be like a god. So oftentimes, the price tag for our world today is the desire for knowledge. We want to know. We want to have an understanding uh, of everything. I feel like it's so futile for, uh, for us to, uh, well, for, for scientists nowadays, they spend millions and billions of dollars to find out the origins of our universe. When for 12 bucks on a, on a christianbookstore.com, you can get a Bible that tells you all about it. They want knowledge. They want knowledge. Oftentimes that's a price tag for many, is knowledge. What did Adam and Eve lose when they sold out? They lost a lot. When they sold out, went away from what God wanted for them, and went to this thing of knowledge, they lost a close communion with God, where God would come down and walk with them in the garden. They lost an easy life in that garden, and they lost their innocence. Was it worth the payment? Was the price tag worth it? We can look back now and say no. That price tag was not worth it. How many have sold out today? People believe today that you can that, sorry, people believe today that to be a Christian, you cannot believe in true science or know anything about the real world. They believe that if you want to actually know about the world, you've got to get away from God and get alone and get away from God, get into uh, nature and, and cut yourself off from, from deity. You've got to be an atheist to actually uh, be able to believe in real science. But that's not true at all. That's not true at all. They sell out because they think that that's how they to get real knowledge. The second people I see, the first one was Adam and Eve. The second is Ananias and Sapphira. We all know the story. 
We all know the story of Ananias and Sapphira. I'll read it for you here. Uh, for sake of time, don't worry about turning there. Acts chapter 5 and verse number 1. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it and, bought a, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Well, as it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou convinced this thing in thine heart that thou hast not lied unto men but unto God? And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came upon all them that heard these things. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out, and buried them, buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after, when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in, and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. In this passage of scripture, we see that a commitment was made to God. A commitment was made to God. They said, uh, Ananias and Sapphira said, we're selling this piece of land. We're going to give all of that to the ministry of God. I don't know about you, but uh, us in our human minds oftentimes like to put the cart in front of the horse and say, you know what, I'm going to do this huge thing for God. And then we get into the middle of it and we're like, that's a lot. It's going to cost me a lot of money. It's going to cost me a lot of time. It's going to cost me a lot of uh, energy. And uh, it's going to cost a lot for me to do that. And we get to the middle of the commitment and we say, well, I just don't think I can finish it. I don't think I can follow through on this commitment. This happened to Ananias and Sapphira. Uh, once they held the money in their hands and they looked at the price of the land and said, wow, that's a lot of money. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of money that we have. I know we sold, said to the Lord we were going to sell, uh, sell the land and, uh, and give it all to him, but uh, this is way more than we were expecting to get from this land. Uh, we've uh, we got to pay some bills. Let's, you know, we gotta, the house needs new windows and needs a new roof. Uh, let's keep back some of that money. and uh, we'll, we'll still use it for things that we need. Uh, we're not going to go be frivolous with it, but maybe we'll just keep back a little bit of that. The seriousness here is they went back on a commitment that they gave to God. I find it so sad uh, when Christians, uh, specifically young Christians who go to Bible college and give their lives to God and say, Lord, I'm going to live my life for you. Lord, I'm, I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give you my all. Uh, I'm going to surrender myself uh, to full-time Christian service. And I'm not going to do anything else but serve you my whole life, Lord. And then they get out of college and they get a job and that job makes them so much money that they never even think about going back to serve the Lord. I find it so sad when those who surrender their lives to God go back on their commitment. What was the price tag in this situation? The price tag was money and greed. So many in this world today 
have a price tag of that money and greed. That money gets dangled in front of their eyes. I see it happen so often. That money gets dangled in front of their eyes. The vacations they can take is, is coming in front of them. And the cars they could own and the house that they could have is dangled in front of them. And they say, oh, I'll take that. Meanwhile, God's back here and saying, what about that commitment you made me? What about that promise that you made me? And they sell out and they take that price tag. What did Ananias and Sapphira lose when they sold out? They lost their lives and they lost their testimony. Now for, I'm sure, thousands of years after this took place, maybe not thousands, but many, many years after this took place, what are we still talking about? We're still talking about Ananias and Sapphira and them selling out breaking the commitment. They've lost their testimony. What I want to ask today, and this is, this is the message, what is God worth to you? What is God worth to you? Is God worth more than that raise at work? Is God worth more than a business opportunity that requires you to take 90% of your grasp and your, uh, your mental capacity and put it towards that? Is God worth more than your Saturday? Is God worth more than your Wednesday night? Is God worth more than your entire day on Sunday? That's the question this morning. What is God worth to you? Is he worth more than all that? What is your price tag? How much does the world have to give you? Or how much does leisure have to give you for you to turn away from God? Everybody has one. I'm sad to say it, but everybody has one. Now, it's whether or not you will take what is on that price tag? Is God worth more than that price tag to you? Will you give up your job? Will you give up your career? Will you give up that promotion? Will you give up that business? Will you give up uh, your time? Will you give up your energy? Will you give that up to live for God? Peter gave up his business. He had a very successful fishing business. Peter gave up his business. Zacchaeus gave up his great wealth. Countless martyrs gave up their lives. Paul gave up his freedom. What are you willing to give up to further the ministry? To further God's plan for your life? I think of my dad oftentimes when I think of, of somebody who's given up a lot. For the Lord. My dad, when he was a young man, he's, he's very business-minded. I don't know if any of you have had a chance to talk to him for very long. But he's very uh, good in business. He understands business. He understands how it works. Now, when he was a young man, he had gone to, I believe it was technical college when he was younger. And he came out of technical college and started a business. 
He actually started quite a few businesses. One of those businesses today is a multi-multi-million dollar company. That if he had stayed working at that company, that's what he would be in today. He'd be making millions of dollars. Now, that was my dad's entire goal when he was growing up. His entire goal, and he'll tell, he'll tell anybody this, his entire goal growing up was that by the time he was 30 years old, he'd be a millionaire. And he was on track. He was, he was almost there. He was getting ready to be a millionaire. His business was taking off. He was starting to go, uh, he was starting to get big. But something happened. He felt God calling on his life. And he said, Jeff, that's not what I've got for you to do. I don't have for you to be a millionaire in this life. I don't even have you to be a wealthy man in this life. I've got a life of servitude for you in this life. Now, if he had sold out and kept his business and made his millions of dollars, he never would have met my mom. And I would not be standing in front of you today preaching the word of God. What would he, what would he have lost if he'd sold out? He, he, he would have gained a lot of money. He, he would have had a lot of riches. He might have had a really nice car, a really nice house, uh, a really great uh, 401k somewhere, or a really great uh, savings somewhere. But he would have lost out on close to 30 years in the ministry. Countless souls saved. A great mission work going on in Canada. Four children that love him and love the Lord. And then I think about what would I have missed out if he had sold out? I would have missed out on being the pastor of this wonderful church. I would have missed out, and I think to the end of my life, on many, many years of service if he had sold out and taken what was on that price tag. What might never be if you sell out today or tomorrow or the next day? Who may never get saved? What family may never be reached? What bus may never be run? What kid will end up dying and going to hell because they were never told? What church will never be started? What teens' lives will never be flipped around? What co-worker will never hear? What life will never be changed because of taking what was on that price tag instead of living a life for God? What is your price tag? Is God worth more than what's on that price tag? Balaam, he may have had a price tag. I don't know about you, but what Balak was offering to him was a whole hut. He offered him great riches. He offered him great glory. He offered him all of these things. He offered them the position. He offered them the glory. He offered him the honor. He offered him the wealth, the riches, the fame. He offered it all to Balaam. But Balaam wouldn't take it. It's because of that statement that we read earlier. And I love that verse in verse number 18 of chapter number 22 in Numbers. Said here, and Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. I don't know about you, but we need some Christians who will stand up today and say, I don't care what price tag is put in front of me. 
I don't care what riches are put in front of my doorstep. I don't care what great glory this world uh, gives to me. I don't care what position is given to me. I am going to do what the Lord tells me to do. I will do no less and I will do no more than what God has called for me to do. I find it so sad to look at churches today. I think of the church that uh, Joel Osteen pastors. Well, I wouldn't even call that pastoring, but I think of him and the great riches that he has. The wonderful name that he has made for himself. The countless books that he has written. The, the private jet that he flies in. The wonderful, uh, huge parsonage that he lives in. What did he have to sell out to get that? He sold out a great ministry for God that is actually teaching the real word of God. He's going to get to the end of his life and he's going to say, but all these riches, all these glory. We talked about it last week. God's going to look at him and say, I never knew you. I never knew you. He sold out a home in heaven one day for riches and glory on this earth today. Don't give up your home in heaven or your great uh, riches that are laid up in heaven for riches here on earth or knowledge here on earth, or glory here on earth. Don't accept what is on that price tag. God should be worth more to you than any price tag. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, we thank you for this morning, Lord. Lord, I pray that you'd help me in my ministry personally, Lord, to never accept what is on the price tag. Lord, it can be so easy in the ministry to sell out to a life of leisure, to a life of glory with a, with a great name or great riches. Lord, I pray that none of us here today would ever sell out, but that we would stay devoted, that we would do whatever it is that you want for us to do. Lord, I pray that you'd be with us all today. The altar is open, and as it is, Maybe you need to come forward today and just say, Lord, I've sold out. Lord, I've, I've sold out. I've given up on the ministry that you've called for me to do, and I will not sell out anymore. Lord, I'm giving myself to you. Maybe you need to do that today. Maybe just rededicate your life to the Lord. doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter how young you are. You can still give your life back to God and still serve God and still live for God. You can still give up all the riches, the glory, and fame to make sure that God's word is proclaimed to all the ends of the earth. God's got something for you. Maybe it is the riches. Maybe it is the glory. Maybe it is the great wealth. But whatever it is, do what God wants for you to do. The altars are open, the piano will play, and you come.
Father God, we thank you for this time we've had this morning. I thank you for this message, Lord. It's one that I've been praying about for many weeks and months. Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would help me to never sell out. I pray that you'd help each and every one of us to be dedicated to never selling out to this world, but staying devoted to you and doing what you want for us to do. Lord, we need you and we love you. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, let's get our hymn books back out one last time. We'll turn to hymn number 338. At Calvary, we'll sing the first, the second, the last of hymn number 338. At Calvary. Years I spent in vanity and pride. Carry not my Lord was crucified. that was paid there for us. Well, let's close our service in a word of prayer. I'm going to ask Brother Allen if you would please close our service this morning.